A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtun Millwall. Here we are then, listeners. After a dark and depressing December, only one win, one lone oasis in a desert of stuffings and spineless surrender here we are today versus AFC Bournemouth at the den on a bright sunny day just about to kick off there we go run through the teams who we got they've got forward in goal Scott Malone I can see early mill attack comes to nothing who's that uh, alongside Shitu there is that Sid Nelson come back to that then we've got Jimmy Abu and Sean Williams. Front three is Lee Martin, Martin Mulford, Scott McDonald, Lee Gregory up front. There we are, that's the team for you. Bournemouth straight onto the attack here. Inside the first minute, they've got an early opportunity, direct free kick just outside the mill box, probably about five yards outside the D of the penalty area. And <laughs> such has been our um, horrendous experience, particularly up at Norwich on Boxing Day, that every time the away side seem to get a chance, you're thinking, go on, yeah. One minute 15, shot on my cock here. If we go a goal down inside the first two, then we are possibly en route to a record defeat day. What's that record defeat? 9-1, isn't it? Something in 1920-something. Here goes the free kick, over the line of the wall. It's powered away by Davies Hall, he's on target, low and right. Powered away nicely. Ball was still on the attack. Ball across the mill penalty area, it's gone for a goal kick. Goal kick. Mill survived first scare of the game. Two minutes. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Lacrosse, that's over the far side of the mill. Goal for a goal kick. Let's have a this team news. It is indeed Sid Nelson out there, ladies and gentlemen. Apologies for my lack of instant reaction because I didn't actually recognise him. Sid Nelson, good to see Sid Nelson playing today. But one of the uh, crop of youth that are coming through, he looks like he's at home and he's telling other players what to do around him. That's good to see. Of course, it's yet more chopping and changing by Ian Holloway. Changes to go into the 6-1 disaster at Norwich on Boxing Day and now changes coming out on the outside of it. But I suppose that's what we've come to expect from our cheeky West Country chappy, isn't it? Speaking to news at Den in the week, he said that he can't wait for the summertime to strengthen Mill's squad. The summertime being, of course, when this mass number of 24 contracts are up and we can start from scratch pretty much. Um, Holloway can't wait for that to happen, neither can we, Ian. Mark Beaver's making way for the young Sid Nelson in today's side. Looking at the team that started at Norwich, um, obviously Marquis was a random wild card start on Boxing Day. Here come Millwall. Wolford coming down the right-hand side. Cuts inside, he floats across towards Greg, uh, McDonald. Goalkeeper spills it, but McDonald is penalised. Six minutes gone. Well, Holloway was wondering what kind of reception he'd get back at Den. So far, it's, um, it's a moderate one, really. Crowd trying to get behind their team, so if only we could get something to cheer on on the field of play, then much will be forgiven. A performance is what's demanded today, ladies and gentlemen. A performance. Win, lose or draw. Coming for eight and a half minutes, gone. Lee Martin stands over. He's got Shitu forwards. He's got Nelson in there. Wolford's making a run. Ball's floated across. No one there. It falls back to Shitu, acting as a surrogate winger. He lets it run out. It's going to be a throw. Mill throw. Here's Scott Malone to take. Reputedly having the interest of Cardiff City in the January transfer window. Reputedly, according to the news at then. Reputedly the subject of attention of Ian Holloway. He always wonders whether he makes the right decisions sometimes, makes the right runs, etc, etc, etc. So almost certain he's going to take a trip down the M4 to Cardiff City. Probably not a bad deal if he does go. Um, he's not looked like he's had his heart in Mill for a little while. But then, neither's half the squad listeners. Lee Martin going to float another crossing in. It calms. He's aiming towards Danny Shitu. Sid Nelson at the far post. Glances it wide. Made enough space to get the head in on goal. He doesn't look phased by playing at this level, the young boy. So that's a good hopeful sign early on. 10 minutes. Good defended by Sid Nelson there. Bournemouth on the, on the slight break. I suppose it's 1v1. Both players running towards the byline. 
Nelson put himself between the Bournemouth player and the ball and managed to create a foul for himself as the Bournemouth player tried to get round him, thus winning the free kick and averting danger. And that's very experienced level defending, I would suggest, at this early early stage of the young boy's career. Good to see. Came up with 14th minute of the game now. Here it comes. Oh, it's off. It was a glancing header. Scott Malone didn't quite clear off the line, but it was a glancing header that was toward the goal, and Malone cleared it. Danger. McDonald now coming down the wing, left wing. Plays it inside. He finds Lee Martin. Can't control. Back to McDonald. Wide. It's Scott Malone down the left. What can he do? It's low. Oh, it's in front of goal. That's a corner mill wall. Good move. That's hope. Crowd responding to that. 14 minutes coming up from the 15th minute of the game. It's a corner to Millwall. Then comes a corner. No, it's a short one. Scott Malone's got it. Plays it back to Lee Martin. That looks like a waste of a corner. It is a waste of a corner. It's not like we get many chances. So why not just put it in there? The crowd don't like that. That was a short corner that went nowhere. It's Bournemouth on the go now. Sid Nelson is a, is a Millwall player from through. He's, he's posted on Twitter that he's been Millwall wall from day dot. Two pictures of him as a boy wearing one of the old uh, 2004 shirts and a current photo of him in Millwall kit. This boy could is, is building to uh, being a Millwall legend. He's not even had his first league start yet, has he? Nicely done, though. Nicely done, Sid. Now, this is where Holloway's madhouse selection policy baffles me. I can't put it any other way to your listeners, but John Marcus was recalled from, uh, was it Cheltenham or Torquay he's playing for at the moment? And rather unfairly pitched into battle at um, Carra Rose. Some say he was injured. Nelson wins out in a nice um, confrontation with the 13, the striker. He's not even in today's squad, he's not even on the bench. Is he injured today? Well, why wasn't he injured on Boxing Day? Why pitch him into a situation that's unfair on him? This is what I don't get with this man. Anyway, it's nil-nil. We mustn't moan. Come up for the 18th minute of the game. A posse of stewards gathering down below me. Can't see what they're talking about or who they're going to. Whole line of them going along the front here. Anticipating something. What's going on down here? Little mob of them coming into the West Low, it looks like. Can't see what's going on, listeners. Apologies. Meanwhile... Crunching tackle from Sid Nelson to avert a Bournemouth break. You can hear all that meant to the crowd around me. This boy's looking good, listeners. Well, 20 minutes gone, listeners, and what can you say? Nil nil. It's full fucking about of it down there, just like I was trying to praise the team. He goes into mental mode. It's like it's gone, been a break in play for a Bournemouth pad down the centre circle. I don't know what Ford was doing there. But so far, so good. We've looked um, more solid than we have done for most of disastrous December. Nelson looks like he's a solid straight fit in. I can't see any reason for him not to make that position his own from here onwards. Um, the rest of the team, given, they're given effort, they're, 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 a response has been looked for by Ian Holloway, and so far so good, nil-nil. Both Alan Dunn and Danny Shittu, Alan Dunn not playing today, but Danny Shittu, who's playing, apologised to Mill fans in the week on Twitter after that thrashing at, at Norwich at Carroll Road. Halfway through the first half, listeners, Mill by no means out of this game every time Bournemouth go forwards they do look like they've got an air of danger about them in a way that we probably don't but that said we're not out of the game in fact it's even Stevens as we speak so as uh, Danny Shitter and, and Alan Dunbar apologising for the uh, inept performance up at Norwich um, our erstwhile mid midfield maestro Richard Chaplow is posting tweets about how he wished it would snow in Beckenham and how he's playing a nice game of Monopoly with his family on, on, on Boxing Day which is very nice for him 
um, as one repost I think on on, tw- on Twitter from the Shaken Vac who I follow put it it was extreme fuckwittery even by footballer standards on a day where you've been beaten 6-1 to be posting about how you like to play a game Monopoly with your family at home in a kind of a fey manner akin to um, Sebastian Flight out of Brideshead Revisited was perhaps ill-judged let's hope he's one of the 24 to get sh- we get shot of it was good to see Lee Gregory back up front. He had done nothing wrong and to be dropped in favour of John Marcus, who incidentally is a player that I like. He's got a big heart. He's a Millwall boy. But he just doesn't have the quality. You have to be honest here, don't you? You've got to say this. He's not good enough for the championship. He's probably good enough for League Two. Shelton, Torquay, Northampton, I think he's played at. We'll roll back to the... To the um Nicely done, back to the halfway line. Lee Martin almost nicked it off of him there. That was good pressing by Millwall. That's to be applauded, listeners. The performance so far has been much, much advanced from what we've seen against uh, Middlesbrough, against Bolton, and I, did, I wasn't at Carrow Road, but what I understand went on there too. This is, this is a good fighting performance so far. Still early doors, of course. 27th minute. Millwall pressing well in midfield today. That's quite nice to see. Well, Bournemouth are in the ascendancy, they're not dominating, if that makes sense. It's actually quite hard for um, a gentleman of, of my mature years to see Bournemouth as, as a kind of a football powerhouse. It's a place that generally gets associated with faulty towers and teas with vicars, and perhaps chasing butterflies through meadows whilst having a kind of um, a butterfly-collecting net. To see it as a footballing powerhouse, rivaling... You know, the great and the good of the game is quite bizarre. If we can make it at half-time at 0-0, quite an achievement given the events of this, of this awful month so far. Oh, that looks like a penalty. It is a penalty. Oh. The 11 was drinking his way down the left, left-hand side of the more penalty area. It was clipped from behind. It, my first reaction, if I'm going to be honest with you listeners, was that it was a penalty. And the referee's pointed straight at the spot, couldn't wait. Probably almost... Um, wet himself in the process. That's harsh on Millwall. That's harsh. Full having plenty to say. I think he'll change his decision on the full Here we go with the penalty listeners. Blasted into the goal. 1-0. Bournemouth. 32 minutes. Fuck it. Up until this point we weren't doing too badly. Let's wait and see what happens there. But honestly that's harsh on Millwall. Very, very harsh. This Mill team's got to respond again. They've, they've responded since the kickoff from the debacle at, uh, at Norwich. Although we're one nil down, there have been more pleasant signs for the watching Mill faithful. And it is the hardcore in here today, listeners. It's, uh, it's a cold, harsh afternoon as the sun drops. But so far, Mill haven't looked that far off the pace. The, the, the order of penalty was unlucky. Here's me, Martin, coming to ball with penalty and he cuts it across, almost finds Lee Gregory unlucky. Lee Martin's got to be careful, he's put himself about quite nicely in midfield, but he's not yet drawn a yellow, but some of his tackles have gone in a little, little bit tough. Looks like he's on a, going to be staring at a yellow on the next harsh challenge. So 41 minutes, game's just drifted off the ball a little bit since that goal. Um, Bournemouth have eased up on their uh, forward um, pressing. Mill on, on the attack at the moment as I speak. Sean Williams playing it all the way back to David Fulton. An attack of sorts, isn't it? When you're going backwards, it's a tactical retreat. Like what the Americans have to do in Iraq. Bournemouth on the attack. 13 cuts inside. He's got an open goal in front of him. Can he turn? 2-0. 
That was defending of uh, poor quality. Newell play, appealing for offside, not going to get it. It's 2 0 down. That, I think, ladies and gentlemen, is game over. Full second minute of the game. I didn't see enough of the offside to give you anything on it, unfortunately, listeners. Certainly, three mil players are balding and shouting for it, but they're not going to get it now. 2 0 down. Bournemouth through on the 15th through. Full comes. Almost can see the penalty. Grabs the ball, enables to fight the 13. 43rd minute of the game. It was a one on one, which Full came for. Very bravely went to the man's feet. And after, after a fashion, retained the ball. Now he wants to hit the 13. Bournemouth using the long ball to the 13 a lot. Almost releasing him there. The referee's blown up because the, the ball was moving. But they don't look a bad side. Listeners, they look brilliant. But they look more than enough to um, two minutes time allowed as you can hear we weren't out of the game up until the penalty shout um, that said Bournemouth probably were predominantly on the attack for the bulk of the half when we come forwards we've not, not looked bad um, without any great attacking threat in front of goal it's the story of our fucking season isn't it last chance of the half it's whipped into a penalty and away by Danny Shittu he's going to go wide there's the half time whistle 2-0 to Bournemouth and the booze are more for the decisions of a referee in fairness it wasn't a bad performance by Millwall um, security's going out to make sure the referee comes off in one piece but um, crucial decisions first the penalty and then the second offside call which I can't give you much on because I didn't see anything of the offside um, decision but that's made it 2-0 to Bournemouth probably game over but applause for the Millwall teams are coming off you can hear that comes the referee. The three stewards around him. And the little tunnel thing they use has come out so he can't throw anything at him. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Achtung Millwall, which is the CBL magazine podcast. If you're enjoying this or any of our other shows, why not support us by picking up a copy next time you're at the den? CBL magazine costs just two quid and it's packed with some great new writing. Thank you for buying the magazine, thank you for your support, and thank you for listening to Achtung Millwall. Well, as I said earlier on, speaking to news that Danny and Holloway um, went on there in the week and said he was, uh, was unsure kind of reception that's going to greet him and the players when they return to the den to face Bournemouth and in fairness the, 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 the reaction of the crowd has been moderate and supportive so you can't argue on that front how have the players done um, not bad nothing brilliant not bad probably what you'd expect out of a bunch of um, professional footballers so certainly nothing to complain about um, nothing on the incompetence shown at Carrow Road so far anyway and two harsh decisions that have put us behind against a fairly decent side so based on this one single half of football no no cause for complaints really other than the decisions of the referee certainly nothing in the playing sense that's let us down um, the arrival of Sid Nelson looks like it's a, a promising um, moment for the future so speaking to Alex Ian, Ian Holloway said what we need is for our fans to be with us and behind us 
but I don't know what they're going to be until be like until I get to the ground. Well, the, the best way to get the middle crowd behind you, and it's, it's pretty much what the players have done today. Lee Martin's got himself stuck in a few times. Sid Nelson seems to get him, get himself stuck into the battle, and generally speaking, overall players have, not, have looked up for it and that's all that they ask actually that if you want to win Mill fans favour that is all that you have to do preferably get some results of course so the $64,000 question that everyone was asking me selling the magazine outside and of course online you, you, you read all the same stuff that I read is Ian Holloway's future um, now this is this is a complicated question actually I don't think it's quite as simple or straightforward as sack the manager because it does beg the question, who are we going to get and who are we going to bring in to replace him? Um, one year on from the Neil Harris and Scott Fitzgerald uh, game at South End last season, I really don't fancy having that again. I don't know how, how you feel, listeners, but I don't see that as an answer. So if you're going to sack Ian Holloway, you need a ready-made, inserted appointment to come in if there's going to be any hope whatsoever of saving this club this season. Now, as we've seen with the appointment of Holloway in the first place, the, the, the board and, and the, um, the administration of the club here don't operate in a particularly fast way. They don't seem to have plans like Sack Holloway bringing in, I don't know, Warlock or uh, Steve Clark or any of, any of the kind of uh, obvious names. What they seem to have is, is, is a kind of um, a reactive, um, no, no plan B, so to speak. So, as much as many are saying here that Ian Holloway's got to walk, and I, I get the irrational decision-making, I get the inconsistency, and I get the endless speeches, uh, words, 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 I'm not sure it's the right decision. I know that's going to be a controversial view, and I'll be interested to hear what listeners think to, to the show, what they think about that, because it's, 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 it's almost the obvious um, choice, and yet it's the worst choice in the world as well. Of course, he doesn't help himself, does he? I'm just reading the quotes here from um, the post-Norwich um, debacle, where he says, I've tried to pick two teams, one for Norwich and one for Bournemouth, as though we're Chelsea, as though we're Bayern Munich, as though we are Real Madrid, and having to rotate a, a top-quality squad. I mean, the, the truth is that you... Basic football management, basic management in any walk of life, but basic football management is you start your strongest players, you hopefully play them in a formation that works for them, and you stick with them, because if they perform well for you, then you stick with them. That hasn't been what's happening. That hasn't been what's happening. And that's been a problem all season. So you've got to excuse me, we've just got the uh, the inflatable ball race at the half-time entertainment. A few tweets here, um, firstly regarding the penalty, Alex Aldridge has said the incident took place on the opposite side of the ground to where he's sitting, same as me, but even further away. So he didn't get the best of views. Those closer to it are saying that the tackle was outside the box. And the man in the block 11, who is one of my favourite tweets, tweeters, says it was both outside the box and he got the ball. Now there's something to me. Only the TV replay is going to show that if we get to see it, listeners. Lions Live Radio are saying that Lions have been the best they've been for a while today. Their efforts don't deserve the scoreline, and I agree with that. We haven't been brilliant. Let's not overcook it. Let's not overdo it. But we haven't been awful either. And that, to me, is progress. Certainly the two decisions have, have been the, uh, the difference between the two sides so far. That said, Bournemouth do look more dangerous when they come forwards. Mark Richfield says the referee is bent as a nine-bob. No, disgusting. And he's copied in the Football League to that. I'm sure they've taken any notes, Mark, but still, but, but full marks for effort there, mate. Just looking through some of the tweets, and one that Alex has caught my eye. I think I might have inadvertently referred to um, Andy Wilkinson's Matthew Briggs a few times in the course of my commentary. I'll try and edit them all out, but this, uh, this is an apology if I don't edit them all out. I 
clearly don't know Andy Wilkinson from Matthew Briggs, which is a, an interesting clash to make, isn't it? I think it's too cold for me, listeners. I think I'm losing the plot. I think I've passed it. Anyone else fancy doing the podcast? So back to the Ian Holloway question. Um, will he walk? There's been another question that got thrown at me a few times outside. I don't think he will walk, listeners. I think that he does have the backing of John Berrison. I don't think that's your usual chairman's backing, you know, like the old uh, knife in one hand and backing in the, in, in the other. I think that John Berrison says what he means and means what he says. I think he, uh, Holloway does have his backing. I think Berrison is a loyal man and will see it through. Um, interesting reading Holloway's comments in the week about the abuse that he took at places like Paris and QPR and also as a visiting manager coming to Norwalk. I don't think the abuse gets to him. Um, I think he will pursue his own course, however irrational, however mad it might seem to onlookers. So I don't think he's going to walk and that would be the only way that I think that he will leave the den. I don't think that John Berrison and the ball will sack him. I don't think we're geared up for that. I don't think it's in our heart. I don't think that... Uh, the club have any kind of alternative plans other than appointing Harrison and Fitzgerald. Who, who wants that again? So I think we, we have Holloway in, in charge. It's going to be an interesting January. And again, one of um, the more oddball comments, of the million and one oddball comments that Ian Holloway makes. But uh, he was saying regarding the squad, it was initially it was looking like nip and tuck in January, but now he thinks it might be major surgery. So um, I don't think anyone's going to argue with him with major surgery being required to our squad. Hopefully getting short of a few, loaning them out, or to be honest, some of them I'd pay off. I mean, Richard Chaplow, for one, I think I'd just get short of him. Um, I, don't, I haven't seen anything to impress me as a player from him. He came here reputedly with talent, reputedly um, Premier League talent, but has shown us nothing. And then he sits around on Boxing Day tweeting ill-judged things about wishing it would snow at uh, Christmas um, on the back of a 6-1 defeat. So if that's the major surgery, that might well be a good thing. So speaking to news at Den, Holloway says, I couldn't get my last set of targets before the loan window shut. So I've got to get some new ones. We might get, might even get to buy some of them. That'll be fun, won't it? This is actually what he said. Yeah, that'll be fun, won't it? Um, let's move on. I'm looking forward to it. I think we know what we want and what we need. We need to see some different faces if possible, and that will help the group. So it sounds like he's got the bellyache with one or two players to me. Dare say they got the bellyache within for the uh, the rationality of some of his choices, but increasingly yeah, that's that's um, the sign of a desperate man. I think just trying to reshuffle the pack and see what works and what doesn't. Today's sides not look bad. I mean, the, the return of Jimmy Addo gives you more in this industry in midfield. Um, Sid Nelson in central defence has looked the part. Up front, we still rely on the long ball towards Gregory, but he's one of few. And Lee Martin coming back into the side has certainly made a big difference to us. Still not creating the chances, though, listeners, not creating the chances. One other news item from in the week, uh, talk about Paul Robinson, the club captain, who's, uh, former club captain who's on loan at Portsmouth. Um, Holloway almost certainly um, has given him the green light to take a deal with Portsmouth for one that permanent deal is offered. And who can truly blame him? Um, he's not formally... So Holloway said he will allow the former Lions captain to be the master of his own destiny, the captain of his soul, so to speak. Um, Rob and I have had a conversation, and if I decide to let him go, he will be the first to know said Holloway. If they're offering him things and he wants to consider them, that will be his decision and not mine. So in other words, if there's a half-decent deal on the table from Pompey, then almost certainly that would be the end of Paul Robinson. A fantastic club servant if it does come, in, come to that. 
Interesting comments here from Holloway. Um, the Lions boss added in the course of this Paul Robinson story, next year the market, the football transfer market he means, is going to be very different. Clubs will be under embargoes, so they won't, they won't all be able to spend what their chairman can afford. Everybody will have to cut their cloth accordingly and redress their wage structure. So players' wages will go backwards and they're at the very top of the game. So expect pay cuts, any listening mill players. So that's probably why one or two of them are sticking around here, trying to screw every last penny they can before the pay drops. Everything's going to shrink. Players have got to get something now if, they're going to, if they can, because I'm predicting that's what's going to happen. That's why I was so honest with Robbo in the summer. If I wasn't going to use him, it was right that he went out and played, because he would have a chance of getting another job. Fair enough. Referee coming out the booze. North crowd blaming him. Predicament. Half time changes in the game. The Bournemouth team are out. No sign yet on the Millwall side. It's cold, listeners. I'm getting too old for this game. Got my hat on, got my scarf, my gloves. Long johns, double socks, underlining. Even then, I'm freezing. Here come the real side. That comes Danny Shitu. Substitution ball coming up. Who's, who's coming on? Who's coming out of the game? 29 comes out. Who's that? Andy Wilkinson's come out. Ricardo Fuller's coming up. I've only just noticed that Wilkinson was playing. I've been calling him Matthew Briggs. I think maybe I should get some new glasses. Fuller's come into the game. So here we go with the second half, listeners. More pressing falls now. Ball forward to find Ricardo Fuller's given off side. Linesman getting that, an earful of abuse down there after the goal given for Bournemouth that was not given offside. And now the mill attack, first real mill attack in the second half, is given offside. I'll let you fill in what's being said to him. Bournemouth on the attack now, that winger's gone past our man like he didn't exist. Shitu makes to get a leg in there. Now Nelson gets himself fouled, wins the free kick. He's got to get a yellow card, a crowd are outraged. Got that clip on our, our boy. a yellow card for the 16. Shitu makes a complete mess. Oh, that's a brave header by Sid Nelson. He put his head in where the boots were flying. That boy is earning instant legendary status down there. I can tell you that much, listeners. 53rd minute of the game. Come on, 54 minutes. I think a goal in this. We're not out of it, listeners. Little pressing forwards, long ball, trying to find Ricardo Fuller. It rolls on to Lee Martin on the right-hand side of the ball penalty area. He checks and cuts back, ball into the box. Jimmy can't quite control it, comes back to Lee Martin, who finds... Oh, it's a chance for Gregory. Kind of glancing header, is floated in from, I think it was Adu. And Gregory went just uh, glanced ahead of wide on, on 55 minutes. Probably best middle chance of the half of the game. Ball across the mill penalty put over by Nelson. The corner, it was a dangerous, dangerous move. 57 minutes, save the day there, said. It's going to be a Bournemouth corner over by the remnants of the scoreboard as I look. Shattered remnants, bomb damage by Germans. Here comes McDonald. We're looking brighter in the second half, more purposeful going forwards. It's a big improvement, listeners, honestly, despite being those two goals behind and what we've seen in recent matches it, it, this is an improvement um, we're still not carving out clear-cut chances but we look like we mean it when we go forwards 
which in itself is something to say. If you're here today, you can say you were there the day that Sid Nelson arrived. So I do think he's going to be a great player for our club if we can retain him. 64 minutes coming. Inside, almost working space. Looked like a handball from Shitu, so that's what the Baldwood fans are repeating for. Shot blocked from distance from the two. Dunn's coming in for Shitu. I imagine that's a knock. I can't see any other reason for that to happen, listeners. 66 minutes gone. Dunn comes in. One assumes Williams is going to drop back into central defence. What does that mean? Dunn's taking up the right back position. Williams looks like it's going to be more central now. I'm just trying to make sense of this. Sorry. I'm speaking aloud here. Ignore me. Okay, so yeah, Williams and, and Nelson now in central defence. Malone left and Dunn right. Bournemouth on the attack. The seven's coming down the right side. It's central to the four. He's going to slam it in. Oh, he's missed. Wow. That was about a foot wide of the kind of right-hand side of the post. I would have thought he's, he's claiming a corner. He ain't going to get a corner. Now the seven should be booked for that. He's kicked the ball away. Taking the corner flag. The corner weren't happening. Then he kicked it away. Of course, he gets nothing. He's in a red and black shirt, listeners. Awful referee. Awful. Very poor. So 20 minutes to go, listeners. 70th minute of the game. Um, Millwall have looked a lot better in the second half. I think they look more purposeful going forwards. Still no clear-cut chances to report on, but we showed more structure. We certainly haven't been humiliated like we were at, at Carra Road, uh, though there are 20 minutes yet to go. Um, that said, is it good enough for the situation? Probably always going to be a difficult game today to win, let's be really honest. Uh, we do have games like Black, uh, Blackpool away looming, and I think a home game versus Reading, which are really must-wins if we're going to have any hopes of surviving this league at all. Today probably was always going to be a write-off. Norwich, I don't know, probably always going to be another tough away fixture. That's not discounting the humiliation that took place up there. Uh, game's drifting, it's got to be said. Millwall have looked better, as we've said a few times during the course of this, this piece. Um, not really showing any great, great danger up front, but we're certainly not being made to look like fools and simpletons either so um, that in itself is an advance 77 minutes here comes Gway central plays it wide he finds Scott McDonald puts the ball wide left and he finds uh, Malone who tries to do some spectacular um, Brazilian style I don't know what it was meant to be so puts it out for a goal kick when a cross would have been control and cross would have been the option of course Scott Malone's not fit to wear the shirt says the East Upper uh, it's not been such a poor performance here comes a 13 just I was going to say it's not been such a poor performance down on the right-hand side of the middle penalty area. He's twist and turning. He's going to win a free kick there because Williams is all over him. 11 minutes to go. Now Williams also have a fight. He's going to get a red card for that. Fucking idiot, Williams. Fucking idiot. He's got himself sent off in a situation where the player, the player worked in there, in my opinion. He's got a yellow card. Our man's got a red card. Only a build you get a ball off for a stupid red card. He wants to fight the man. When we're 2-0 down, we need him in the team. He's one of our more uh, 
ball playing players he's getting applauded off I personally struggle with that concept because I think he fell for it he fell, he fell for the, uh, the the reactive situation and he's raised his hands and you get red cards this referee has shown us no, no change whatsoever at the whole game he's got himself sent off footballers what can you say they're as thick as two short planks sometimes listeners I know that's the mill spirit and we love all that kind of thing but that was just stupid five minutes to go and both teams just really going for the motions at this stage now Bournemouth got it in hand they know that we know they've got it in hand if you'd fast forward these last five minutes and call it quits I think everyone here would take it here comes Bournemouth down the left a little chip back falls to the four blasts it straight at Nelson takes it takes it for the team full in the midriff there well done Sid Nelson my man that a match from Mill, Sid Nelson by some some distance listeners um, good to see the return of Jimmy Abdu um, up front Lee Gregory's worked hard uh, McDonald's not looked too bad but if you want one player that epitomises what we traditionally call Mill values and Mill spirit it's been the youngster young Sid Nelson here's Walford 27 McDonald's cuts it inside it's done plays along the foot the line oh, <laughs> Wolford lined up to shoot, managed to get tackled by Malone. <laughs> what can you say? Comedy, comedy guts. The 13's on the break. Uh, down the, the right-hand side is the 80 blast. Over! Into the last minute of the game. Let's put ourselves out of this misery, listeners. Got to say, this side, as it's presently constituted, has a relegation look about it. And certain teams seem to get that kind of hangdog. It's almost like a death pallor that comes over a squad. These players don't believe in each other. They don't seem to believe in the manager. And they don't believe in their own collective um, abilities. There's the final whistle. Mill nil, Bournemouth 2. Number 8, Otter, giving a little bit of lip to the West Lower there. He wants to be careful. Not much you can say, really. I mean, Millwall were okay. They showed a bit more purpose. Sid Nelson getting a good round of applause as he leaves the pitch. Overall, we were okay. We weren't bad, but we were nothing brilliant. Bournemouth did enough. They got two decisions. That's all they needed. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that. I'm going to come back after a break with my own personal review of 2014. Stay tuned. So welcome back from the break, listeners. Um, I'm just doing a little review of the post-match comment to today's game. Um, clearly, it was a performance that was, um, at best, okay. I don't think that we can take too much out of it, other than the fact that the, the team didn't engage in a complete debacle, which is something, because that's what we expect out of a middle side as a, as a bare minimum. But, um, equally, there was a, a great debut for Sid Nelson in central defence, and the rest of the side was functional without being overly um, flamboyant, shall we say. Now, the main question that's around the club at the moment is, is uh, regarding the sacking of Ian Holloway. My own view, for what it's worth to anybody, is that it, that in itself won't cure the problems at our club. The, the problems lie squarely in the playing staff. Now, we, we can all talk about the erratic decision-making and the, uh, the the wacko kind of team selections that we've seen of late. John Barker started at, at Norwich uh, just a couple of days ago. Was nowhere in sight in the in the team or in the squad today. Um, he may be injured. I don't know. Um, speaking slightly blind on that, but anyway, let's let's just put the the kind of uh, the Holloway factor 
to one side and consider the consequences of actually sacking him. Now, I'm just looking at the House of Fun here and Edster's um, asking why is Holloway getting off so lightly from the crowd at the moment? And today there was, there was one or two howls for um, Ollie out and um, not fit to wear the shirt, which I think was directed at the players rather than Ian Holloway's choice of shirt. Um, why is he getting off so lightly, Edster asks. Does anyone still think he's the right man for the job? Any other manager in the role will be getting the dog's abuse, and the contrast there, of course, with Steve Lomas, who departed us about a year ago, almost to the very day. Um, now, clearly, that was that was a, a different scenario entirely. Um, but as, as as one reply here says uh, from Kipper Lips, there's a degree of apathy around the, the club at the moment. And I, I've got to say, I, I, I tend to agree with Kipper Lips there, because although I don't personally believe that sacking Holloway is the right decision right now, um, the, the the place does have a certain um, lull factor to it. I mean, today was it was noticeable. It wasn't a huge crowd in the in the den. And I felt that the, the crowd generally, although they try to get behind the club, it's almost had the stuffing knocked out of it. I think some of the performances have been so poor of late, there's really nothing that you can get behind. And it was interesting, actually, that the, the player that uh, the crowd did latch on to today was one of our own, Sid Nelson, a youngster, Millwall through and through, who gave it the traditional Mill spirit of, of hard tackling, no nonsense, uncompromising, an uncompromising player. And it was just really interesting that that was the player the crowd latched onto. Obviously, the return of Jimmy Abdu is a, fa a fan favourite. It's this kind of idea that somehow the traditional Millwall values, the uncompromising fighting spirit, as, as we all want to believe in, has, has somehow been lost. Uh, and for, as a consequence of that, as, as Kipper Lips says, apathy rules. You can't polish a turd, as he so poetically puts it. And our team is very much a, stream, a steaming, sweet corn-infested turd. Now, that's poetical language, whatever else you take out of today. Just looking through some of the post-match tweets here, there's a Lions player on the club outlet, clearly, but um, Holloway feels new recruits are needed in the January transfer window. This is a regular theme that's going on at the moment. And God almighty, that's true. We do need new blood. We need to see the back of, or um, we, we, we need to start to see the back of some of the old guard. They failed us. There are players in that squad who have let um, the club down. I believe they've let Ian Holloway down, in all fairness. Now, I know it's easy. he's an easy target because he is who he is. He's a mad, the mad cat, cheeky, chappy West Country chap. But... I don't think he, he's clearly an experienced manager. He's clearly been around the track a few times. And I think given the fair crack of the whip with a decent squad, he would be um, able to produce better results than what we're seeing at the moment. So although he, Holloway is the easy target, in, in many respects casts himself as the lightning rod for criticism for his, his playing team, um, I, I actually think it's misdirected. I do think that you need to look at some of the players um, one or two have been woeful. Some clearly don't give a shit. We're talking about the Richard Chaplows, who we've mentioned a few times in the show already. I won't, won't dwell on that. But there's a lot of dross in that in that squad who have let us down. on not championship um, quality. It was really interesting watching Bournemouth today. And as I said, I think a couple of times in, in the match commentary, uh, Bournemouth is not a, a, a club that has traditionally being a football powerhouse, and yet at the moment they've developed a fairly exciting little squad there. They've clearly got some money backing them. Um, whether that's more money than we've got backing us, I don't know, but we don't want for backing at Millwall. But they've got a team of players that want to play for each other and want to play for their manager. And therein, I think, lies the difference. If, some big ifs coming now, 
If we can start to clear out the dross in the January transfer window, and if we can survive in this league, which is by no means, um, you know, it's looking, it, the odds are against us at the moment, but if we can get through to the summertime and then clear out the 24 and see the back of them, and if Ian Holloway remains in charge, and if he can start to sign the right kinds of players to play the type of football that he wants to, then who knows what, what next season will bring, whether that be in League One or whether it be in the Championship. I just hope the club and, and the support have the patience to, to see this task through because it, it slightly feels like a job half done at the moment and as matters stand, the pressure of day-by-day results of weighing heavier and heavier on everyone's shoulders, so another defeat today, um, and I'm sure that's going to put us much closer to the relegation zone than we were at the start of the day's proceedings. I'm not looked at the table, but the, the, the short-termism of that approach could cost us in the medium to long term. Like I say, there's a whole load of ifs in there, and I'll, I'll stand to be corrected, or the hindsight will probably judge me quite harsh in what I'm saying there. But I personally don't believe that Ian Holloway leaving our club right now will benefit us. I think we need to see it through, for better or for worse. I, I dare say that's going to be a controversial view, but there it is, that's, that's what I think. Madness of King Ollie, 2014, a year in review. I've got a theory that football actually flows in years. The football season is always constructed over two years, isn't it? 1987 and 1988, 2000 to 2001 and so on. But for me, good football years, and the not so good ones, tend to cover the back of one campaign and the start of the new. So for me, the first part of the classic promotion season, for example, was kind of okay, but was rather forgettable when set against everything that took place in 1988. Promotion, divisional championship and a dreamland of that adrenaline rush to the top of the first division, all that took place in 1988. And the 1989 which followed was something of a damn squib by comparison. Now what's all that got to do with 2014, you ask? Well this year, both the back end of 2013-14 and then the start of 2014-15 have been dominated by one man, Ian Holloway. His personality cult, his inconsistency, his eccentricity, all have shaped our club for better or for worse. January 2014. The year was to start as it would close, with defeat on defeat and shambles on shambles. Just one lone win for the Lions in Holloway's opening game in full charge of the squad. This at home to Ipswich on January 18th, 2014. Hardly serving to mask the uncomfortable reality that we were getting hidings left, right and FA Cup centre, notably at South End. For anyone who was there, this was a low point in their personal Millwall career, as the Shrimpers were made to look like they were Essex versions of Bayern Munich and we were cast as Hackney Marsh's Combination Eleven. The good news on the transfer front saw the arrival of Sean Williams from the MK Dons and the taxi arriving for Mr Trotter, destined for the bright lights of Bolton and of course Mr Keogh, transported to the penal colonies of New South Wales. February 2014 They do say that the darkest hour is just before the dawn 
That poetic truth, however, doesn't apply in South Bermondsey, where the darkest hour is in actual fact just before it gets even darker still. Three defeats, two draws, and on occasion six, six strikers, giving the first glimpse inside the crazy world of Ian Holloway's mind. Yes, the footballing principles were certainly admirable, but losses at home to Reading and then away at Burnley and Barnsley saw Millwall finish out the month in 21st position and staring down the barrel of League One football come August. March 2014. Listen, if you think February was bad, just wait till you see March's results. Just one lone win at the stupidly named IPRO Stadium in Derby provided any comfort for Mill supporters. Otherwise, it was loss upon loss upon a draw at Cholton. With Millwall stuck one place off the bottom of the table after the two-all draw at home to Blackburn on March 29th, only a madman would believe that we could survive. April 2014. Step forward, Mr Holloway. Yes, indeed, he was that madman who believed that we could stay up. Was it by luck, design, hook or by crook? Who cares? The facts of the month were that in for four brief weeks, the Lions went unbeaten and they transformed their season. Four wins, two draws and no losses. All of this was linked in no small measure to the arrival of Carlos Edwards from Ipswich, a player who despite his advanced years brought skilled touch and intelligence to the problematic right back position. Carlos, the beauties really were only destined to be brief, but it's hard to think of any better signing of recent years. The final day of the season fell on May the 3rd, a home victory over AFC Bournemouth sealing the Lions' survival in front of 15,000 ecstatic fans, all thanks to a 29th minute Wolford strike. Yes, the manager was eccentric. Yes, we had barely survived by the skin of our teeth. And yes, there were some glaring faults in this squad. But as that final whistle blew, that was yesterday's fish and chip paper. The Lions had lived on to see another unlikely season in the Premier League's second division. close season. Now in one of Ian Holloway's first games in charge of the Lions, and as much for curiosity's sake as anything else, I booked some executive lounge tickets. The reason being that I'd heard about his habit of making pre-match speeches in which he both named his team and his forthcoming tactical approach. In fact I'd go as far as to say as I was really looking forward to this aspect of his management, as it was something I'd heard about that he did at Crystal Palace, and to me it seemed unusually open. Now on the day two things struck me about this shtick. One was the slightly arrogant way in which he called for quiet in the supporters' lounge. Maybe it's just me. I thought I saw something of a night about it. Sounds big, doesn't it, when you say that? But he struck me as a small man in terms of stature, but someone trying to be larger in terms of commanding the famous Millwall. I don't know. His demeanour didn't convince me. Neither did his words, which I found to be full of empty phrases from the road-less-travelled genre of self-help writing. Unleash the giant within. Do fuck off, mate. The second thing that stayed with me, apart from a nagging thought there might be less to our manager than met the eye, was his statement that the squad that took the field in 2014-15 would look nothing like that which had just taken us so close to relegation. Good, and I dare say many other like-minded Millwall fans thought. Out with the tired old guard and in with the new. And so it started to look as the wheeling and dealing took out such honest but limited players as Shane Lowry, 
sent to the rest home of Leighton Orient, and club legend Paul Robinson dispatched on loan to Pompey in League Two. Coming in, we saw the likes of Carlos Edwards on a full-time deal, non-league goal-scoring prospect Lee Gregory, the troubled Everton youngster Magai Gray, and the experienced striker Ricardo Fuller. OK, if not quite the wave of hot young talent that some of us were looking for, it was very much a start in the right direction. August 2014. New season, new squad, new grown-up tactics. At least that was what Ollie was saying, and boy could he talk. The campaign itself flew out the starting blocks with a fine home win over Leeds, followed by an excellent win at Fulham on a sunny day that now seems an absolute age away, and then a victory at home to Blackpool, leaving us in fifth spot in the league table as the month closed. Giddy talk ensued of a playoff run for the Premier League, as Holloway's 4-2-3-1 formation seemed to be making the most of players who had, for the most part, underachieved over their collective careers. Only one thing though, there had been a nagging defeat at home to newly promoted Rotherham United on August the 23rd, a loss in which a hard running and fairly direct side had more than found our measure. Wasn't that Barcelona style football supposed to deal with these lumpen sides? Like I say, it's that nagging doubt again. Oh, and in the words of Detective Columbo, just one more thing. Our cheeky West Country chappy showed another unsettling side to his character in the post-match Leeds press conference. After some saucy banter in the form of referring to sex criminal Jimmy Savile's Yorkshire affiliations, Ollie saw fit to dig out the Millwall support, calling the, the chance disgraceful, disgusting and disrespectful. Unwise to say the least. And once again, prodded that nagging doubt. September 2014. Viewed in hindsight, the golden months of April and August 2014 may yet come to be seen as the highlight of Ian Holloway's Millwall career. I say that because at the time of recording, his future tenure is less secure than an affordable housing estate in East London. Bit of politics for you then. September was a tough month, in a season that was about to get tougher and tougher. Just one draw created an island of hope in a sea of September defeats, and left the Lions in 16th position at the end of the month. The fans were trying their very hardest to remember that we were playing better football. We're playing Barcelona football, weren't we? October 2014. Now sometimes, just before passing away, very ill patients show signs of improvement, almost as if they're on the mend. Life flickers like a candle in the wind, to coin a phrase. And so it was in October, as Millwall fans consoled themselves that although we had achieved only one win since the end of August, a 1-0 victory over Cardiff on, August, on October the 25th, we were that mythical thing, a hard team to beat. The jury will please look at Exhibit A, this being the three draws and a win mustered in the month of October. An acceptable 15th position at the end of the month, being a more than acceptable end of season target based on the performances we've seen so far. November 2014. Sometimes, just before passing away, very ill patients show signs of stability. Comfortable, but very poorly, being the Northern Hospital slang for someone on the brink of pushing up the daisies. And so November could thus be described, as the Lions took fighting defeats out of the away fixtures at Watford and at home to Brentford, seasoned with three draws against the like of Charlton, Bournemouth and Blackburn. 
though increasingly irrational and inconsistent team selections were combining to leave the, the team in 20th position at the end of the month. Like I say, comfortable, but very poorly. December 2014. The madness of King Ollie truly came to the fore. An awful month began with the lunacy of changing our tactical approach away from the 4-2-3-1 used since his arrival to a 3-5-2 that left us woefully exposed against one of the better sides in the league in Middlesbrough. The 5-1 home loss shattering the confidence of the fans, the squad and the manager and each other. Not only was this the first real stuffing that Millwood suffered under Holloway's management, but it was also a direct result of his endless tinkering, his indecision and his chaotic style of management. After this, nothing will be the same again. A scrappy and somewhat undeserved win over Brighton followed at the afflicted Amex Stadium. This served to mask the full impact of that horrendous loss versus Borough. Three valuable points were gained though and gave us a modicum of breathing room going into a six-pointer match at home to, Brighton, to Bolton on the 19th of December, just before Christmas. All spine, all fight and all spirit in the side seemingly disappeared in this game as the Lions stumbled to a soft as shit one goal defeat. A defeat that could easily have been stretched to two or three if we're honest with ourselves. In many respects, the faults of the entire season, the year, the management of Ian Holloway itself were summed up in the horrendous 6-1 slamming at Carrow Road that followed on Boxing Day. Bizarre decisions such as the recall of John Marquis from Cheltenham Town, the dropping of top scorer Lee Gregory and the resurrection of the out-of-confidence Matthew Briggs for Scott Malone served to announce to the world that the captain of the Titanic was mad and he was aiming straight at those icebergs. And so, the blighted, damaged and twisted year of 2014 comes to a close. Off the field, the club gained huge credit for its time with the Army Disabled Centre Headley Court on the 100th anniversary of the outbreak of war in 1914. Additionally, the fantastic efforts of poppy seller Sean McCarthy in raising £60,000 for the Royal British Legion via his sales of football-related poppy badges outside Cannon Street, served to remind the world of the true nature of our much maligned support. Otherwise, on the field we're a mess. There's really no other way to put it. Yet another defeat today at home to Bournemouth leaves us facing the very harsh reality that this squad is, just as at the start of the year, lacking in quality, lacking in spirit and lacking in pride. The year of Ian Holloway, which seemed to promise so much in the aftermath of the departure of Steve Lomas 12 months ago, it seems in fact to have taken us on an almighty trip around the block to finish up right back where we started. And not only that, but a king's mad. You've been listening to Achtoon Millwall. The CBL Magazine Podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here.